Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope that it blesses you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Colin, for the reading. Um, so the title for this talk was given to me by Ron, and it is The Unified Church. And I'm not really sure how much it says about me, but when I started to think about this and prepare the talk, my mind was firmly fixed on the disunited church. I thought of some of the Christian denominations um, that we have just in the UK, and the ones I came up with were Anglicans, Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians, Congregationalists, United Reformed, Pentecostals, and the list goes on. And I myself was baptised in a United Reformed church. I became a Christian in a Baptist church, and I now come to an Anglican one. And what about the Catholic Church? Well, a significant break within the Catholic Church occurred in the 16th century with the Reformation. And um, Martin Luther came up with his list of grievances that started Protestantism. And there can be no doubt that at the time the Catholic Church was corrupt and power hungry. And way before that, there was an even deeper split in the Catholic Church um, when it split into two main branches, the Western branch and the Eastern branch. So I thought to myself, well, how far back do we have to go then before we can find a unified church? And here we have Paul preaching in Ephesians, writing in Ephesians, um, dealing with problems in the early church. Now, it's thought that Paul wrote that letter about 30 years after Jesus ascended into heaven. That soon. So 30 years later, there's disunity in Ephesus, which Paul has to address, and a number of his other letters address disunity. And, you know, I thought even Jesus had some disunity in his team, his dream team of 12. Because towards the end of his ministry, Judas betrayed him, and Peter outright denied he ever knew Jesus. So, no hope for us then, was what I thought. A bit depressing, really. Um, and that was as far as I got before I went away with a group of friends to Uganda to work with Watoto Christian Ministries. And some of you may have heard of Watoto and be familiar with them. Um, they work with orphan children, they work with local communities, and they send choirs to the UK and to America and Australia and Europe. Um, and we've had them here on a number of times, and Colin has led a number of teams from here out to Uganda. And we went a small team. Some of you will remember Claire and Carlos Clark and Amy and JJ. Well, they came with us, 
and Sabrina and Paul Moutard, you might remember from St. Saviour's, who went to live in Dubai, and their two children. So there was a team of ten of us. Uh, we went for about two weeks, and we worked very hard when we were there, and we painted four classrooms. Um, didn't quite finish all the window frames because they had tiny little square frames and Colin worked out how many panes of glasses we had to paint round. It was a lot. Um, and we also almost finished one of the village houses that um, a mum and about six or possibly eight children live. But on Sunday, the first Sunday, we went to Watoto Church, the central church in Kampala. They have about 13 plants now all over the country and in Sudan as well, I think. But we went to the Watoto Central Church, and I just love it there. It's only the second time I've ever been, but it holds up to about 2,000 people with overflow areas where they have televisions up and you can watch the service from the overflow rooms and what I like is that when one service ends in the big auditorium, doors open on the side and everybody moves out. And on the opposite side, the doors open on that side and everybody comes in. So there's like 2,000 people in the service, they move out, another 2,000 come in, have the service, they move out, another lot come in. I think they do it four times. Um, and it was wonderful. Now, before I arrived, I was fairly confident that God was going to give me some insight into this whole thing about Unified Church. And um, so I was there ready with my little notebook, and I really would not have been surprised if Pastor Joe had stood up at the front and said, today I'm going to talk about church unity. <laughs> I was ready. He didn't. He stood up and he said, Today, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I still took notes. And he started by saying, Jesus promised to build his church. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe God's promises. He promised to build his church. Now, it may look broken to me, with my human and very limited vision, with my human and very limited understanding. But God knows the future. He sees differently and he understands everything. God has it all in hand. He has promised. Jesus then promised to send us the Holy Spirit. Pastor Joe told us that the Holy Spirit comes to equip us and to give us authority and power. The Holy Spirit changes everything. That Peter, who had completely denied knowing Jesus just a few weeks before the Holy Spirit came, was able to preach in front of thousands of people in the open, totally fearless, and he was simply an uneducated fisherman. Pastor Joe told us that the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God the Father, and he will let us know them too. He will enable us to become more like Christ, and he will walk with us on the journey of life. 
He said the Holy Spirit should be the number one on any list you write. We must give him his rightful place in our lives. He will whisper in our ear. He will convict us. He will challenge us. And he will tell us of hope. He gives his gifts freely. We just have to ask. He is always available. All you have to say is, Holy Spirit, here I am. And Pastor Joe ended by saying, People say it is hopeless. We say, I have hope. And I realized that when I had concentrated on the disunited church, I had totally neglected the glue that holds each and every one of us together in a glorious unity. Each and every believer across the world, and that glue is the Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer was a well-known theologian, preacher, and author, and he had this to say about church unity. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos, all tuned to the same fork, are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. So 100 worshippers meeting together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. And I just, I just love that example. So if those pianos are each tuned to the same tuning fork, they're automatically tuned to one another. And it's exactly the same for us. If we're all tuned in to the Holy Spirit, we are automatically in tune together. I believe the simple truth is that we don't obtain unity by pursuing it together. We obtain unity by pursuing Jesus together. Two verses in that Ephesians passage use the word one seven times. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus' prayer, he says, May they all be one. Father, may they be one in us, as you are in me and I am in you, so that the world may believe that it was you who sent me. But how can we be one? We are God's diverse people. We've all got opinions, attitudes, likes and dislikes. 
We can be happy, grumpy, shy, talkative, lovable, objective, objectionable. I could go on. But that is not what matters. God created the church to be full of variety, full of his people, equipped with the Holy Spirit and united by Holy Spirit glue. All our different varieties and sizes of piano tune to the same tuning fork. It's our responsibility to make sure we are listening to the Holy Spirit and we are tuned in to that one tuning fork. No one can do that for us. It's our part to play in a unified, glorious, spirit-filled church. Can we just pray together? And I'd like to um, read... Psalm 133 as part of that prayer. How wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. It's like costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robes, It's like the dew on Mount Hermon flowing down the slopes of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Help us, Holy Spirit, to make you central to our lives, to involve you all the time in the journey of our life. Help us to tune into you and so be in tune with each other, the family of Christ. Help us to achieve unity by pursuing Jesus together. Amen. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit www.stsaviourssunbury.org.uk.